0: Log Talk Radio Ray and Tay Today Mm. Yes, Sports Radio's on... Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, seven one eight six six four nine zero nine eight, 664 9098 and we'll give you more.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay Today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside.
0: And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday. We got some real sports. Give us a call, 718 664 9098, like always. Tweet at us at Ray and Tay Today. Emails Ray and Tay at gmail.com and the website Ray and Great sports interviews, especially for you baseball fans. You can chew into the Paul LaDuca and Bob Bradley interviews. We got you covered, all sports. Ray, busy show, man. Baseball playoffs, football. And we have Daniel House from Vikings Corner talking all things Minnesota Vikings and our college football picks. We've got four games. Ray, talk to me. The Blue Jays are making me eat humble pie. and I, Maybe I should switch my pick. They're on fire, and so are the Indians. Tell me what's happening, man. So since
1: we last talked, the Blue Jays took care of – the Orioles, <laughs> they took care in that wild-card play-in. They took care of Toronto at 4 p.m. yesterday, and then in a Oof. quick turnaround, 1 o'clock today, beat them again, 5-3. So they're up 2-0 in a best-of-five with two out of the three next three playing at home. So Toronto's looking Those really bats, good. Those bats are alive.
0: Their and, well, bats are so Four homers.
1: Alive. They scored 5 runs on 4 homers. So they're just playing, you know, they're Harvey's wall bangers for all you guys who remember the the Milwaukee Brewers of the early 80s.
0: How clutch is Batista, Edwin and Carcillon? I mean, Todd whiskey. everybody's chipping in, solid pitching. Um forget about, you know, Buck Showalter and his move and then, you know, Familias' move on the National League with Terry Collins. But looking to the DL, you know, American, the National League DL series, you know, Dodgers are up right now and the, the NL. But are the Rangers, like, did they just hit a buzzsaw that – because you got to believe going back to Toronto, hopefully they don't throw any more beers. But that stadium, that crowd, the momentum, and the way Estrada pitched, if he's pitching – well, I don't know if he'd come back for game four or five, but – you you gotta feel like this might be over, right?
1: No, this is over. This is not leaving Toronto. I mean, Texas might win a game, but but this is not. You can't see this Toronto team losing twice at home. So I don't think even Texas brings us back to a game of five. They're just. And remember, Toronto is not your average wild card team. I mean, they won the division really last not. year. These yeah. two teams played each other last year with the Batista bat flip. So both teams are motivated here, but. I just think Toronto's just too tough and if they hit the long ball like they do and they get even decent pitching they're they're hard they're hard to guard, you know, using that basketball terminology. Uh this this is a tough team, this Toronto team. And you know so, what? Texas had the best the better record but if you look up and down the Rangers lineup, you know there's a reason they were not predicted to run away with that division. They just don't scare you. They're a very solid team, but that's one and of those they teams hit where Hamels
0: something harsh. That yeah, was, they hit that the, the playoffs, and you
1: look at them like, mm, and even Darvish and Hamel. I don't know. They're they're just not they're not dominant. There are no Madison Bumgarner's out there.
0: But how about the Indians? I mean. Listen, they jumped on the Red Sox the first game and then the Red Sox kind of fought back. I love the bold move bringing in Andrew Miller just as soon as you felt the threat. In the um, fifth. that's why you got him, you know. And Tito wow, Tito had wow. Allen.
1: So but so obviously they had some depth in the bullpen, but I, I thought I,
0: I was shocked a little bit. That he went in. I think everybody was shocked. That's too good. Plenty. That's why Tito, but see that's why Ray Tito and Joe Madden that's why they are who they are. They're not just gonna go by the book, you know. They're gonna go by gut and they're gonna go by like the feel and say, you know what? I gotta win this game. And then right now, the Red Sox—they're not getting timely hitting. You know, I mean, they put some guys on base and then they double plays. I mean, they're down six nothing. This is the top of the eighth. This is bad for Boston. You gotta believe they—you didn't. The only think
1: thing in the- Boston's favor is that this goes back to Fenway. So unlike and they Texas could sweep at home, yeah. two yeah. at home, you right. know Red Sox still have a decent home field and we'll see if they can turn it around when they but get it. David on. Price, Maybe.
0: does he need a therapist? Is his or is his career is it just done? Not a great season and then another bad postseason.
1: I just think he and Kershaw not done, but I mean he's like, not a
0: number one or number two anymore. I mean done as a great star, making all the money he's making, that type of done. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I you know may, maybe he and Kershaw need to go meditate together or something. You know maybe they need to go to India.
0: Hey, to watch your Goa. mouth, Kershaw is out doing uh, Scherzer it's four three. Yeah, Dodgers but, in the, the bottom of the fifth. Yeah.
1: I mean yeah, well four earned runs for Scherzer, not great and. Four three earned runs for Kershaw through five innings. So that's not great either. I mean,
0: what well, I'm you am saying and I is this, this yeah. is
1: not the $30 million man. This is not the guy. I don't know if he's 100% though
0: healthy yet. I don't think he's Fair 100% enough. yet. Fair yeah. enough. We'll give him a, him a little time. Let's say slack. this, right? You're rolling with the Nats. I'm rolling with the Dodgers. But let's talk about the cockroaches from 10 2012, 2014, and now 2016, you got to believe the Cubs wanted the beat up, rundown Mets to win, and the Giants won with Paul Bunyan, 6'5, 230, 40 pounds, Madison Bumgarner, And you got to believe, yeah, he might only go in game three, but the Giants, they've got a shot. Galepsi with a clutch home run. The Cubs, I got to believe they're going to win game one, but you just don't know because what four out of the five best ERAs are in this series between these two teams. So, you know, Lester and uh, Arietta are going to be incredible, but they've got uh Quato and they've got some, some good pitchers. What do you think the giants? Do you feel anything with momentum? Should the Cubs be nervous? Will it go five? What do you well, think? Well, the Cubs here? should be nervous, but <laughs> I think the Cubs have too much this year. Now,
1: Remember, it's an even year, so 10, 12, 14, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. That's what I said. They're the cockroaches, I'm just, saying, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, but the Giants are the type of team you just don't want to see. They just don't go away. They don't really have star power,
0: you know. Oh, the panic. They just hit you. Yeah, and hit, and Crawford, hit.
1: Pence and <laughs> and I mean, these guys are yeah. just okay. Um, but then you throw Madison, Bumgarner, especially in the long series. If he gets to pitch two, maybe three times, this guy is, is, is the coach. By the way, did you see the numbers? He has the best road ERA of any pitcher of all time. Anytime you're on him, uh-huh. and he's number one at .5. Bob Gibson was at one. Mariano Rivera was at 1.02, and, and Sandy Koufax was right behind him. <laughs> So and if nothing you're phases on a list, him. No, that's it, absolutely right. But if you're on a list,
0: even yeah, if you even if
1: you shop at the same you know stop and store. shop as,
0: <laughs> as Bob Gibson Mariano. Gibson, Mariano
1: Rivera, and Sandy Koufax, <laughs> you're that's you're incredible. just that's just that's just it's scary.
0: And it's this guy goes, look, it's going to be a great. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, this guy Bumgarner gives you a chance to win. And, you know, Cueto's been there, and Samarja, you know, he's a, he's a tough out. So
0: I love Samarja, yeah. You know, this Cubs is going to be, to be fascinating. Worried.
1: I still think the Cubs win. I still think they, they, they take care of business because they're just as hungry. And they're I'll tell just you this, Ray, they need, they need game one.
0: They need game one, just mentally. Like, I don't. The crowd, everybody's so hyped. It's Chicago, yada yada. They need to win this first game. Do you know what I mean? It just, it would it not helps. feel it right. It definitely
1: helps. Losing the first game, everybody <laughs> oh, starts with, talking with, about you know the curse and 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 how San Francisco's yeah. you know overcome whatever they've overcome to win. So yeah, I mean they, they can yeah. still win the series losing the first game, but all the pressure shifts to Chicago. If, if the pressure's on them now. It definitely increases if they lose game one at home.
0: Well, it's going to be a great weekend. Now, before Daniel House of Vikings Corner joins us, let's kick, get into a little bit of Thursday Night Football because it wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch. I'm basically watching disgusting. most of the baseball, <laughs> 31-21. But I'll say this, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, both hand, hands saved the Cardinals' season. Because if they would have somehow well, lost that game,
1: too, you know, well, the, yeah. the and Chandler people Jones people and, and
0: Campbell, that was a big turnover. Yeah.
1: Yep. The the interception but was
0: two. Those fragile. were great yeah. performances. I mean, they yes, both sir. get you two touchdowns, a ton of fantasy points, and David Johnson quiet as kept. Shh, no Peterson, and we'll talk to Daniel about that. Todd Gurley struggling. David Johnson is the best running back in the NFL right now. Him and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Along with my guy who just is getting started, Le'Veon Bell, but David Johnson is earning his top seven or top eight fantasy football first round pick. And Larry Fitzgerald is, because he's not like T.O. and he's so great off the field and with the media, first ballot Hall of Famer as a wide receiver. He's number one all time, passing Isaac Bruce for yards, touchdowns, and receptions against the Niners. He's climbing up the charts as you know yards and receiving. He's, you know, before it's done, he'll probably be in the top six or five in every category. This guy keeps doing it. Now he's doing it from the slot, and he's eating cats up. Did you ever imagine Larry would be uh, that transition and be so dominant in the slot?
1: Well, he's a receiver. He's a football player, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So his his yeah. career has kind of shifted. They got they got the two Browns. Um, they got Floyd when he's right. So no surprise there. Um, he's just a class of the wide receiver position right now. Even at the waning part of his career, you still need to know where Larry Fitzgerald is at all times. But you're absolutely right about David Johnson. I mean, look, in about three, four weeks, Le'Veon is going to reclaim the throne and who knows if Jamal Charles bounces back. And so, these guys are, are veterans and they know what they're doing. But David Johnson, you know, what was it, week 12, 13 last year when he kind of took over and, and people said, oh, the rookie can play. You know, Chris Johnson kind of held the torch, but but this guy's the real deal. He actually dropped a couple and could have even had even more stats. But, and I oh, know yeah. because I was watching the game right next <laughs> to me.
0: You're Catamaran.
1: He was like and he was killing me. He was killing me. And I had John Brown. So John Brown got uh, me two points. What a rough and night. He, and he had Catanzaro. And David Johnson. So in the first half, he was joking because there was there was 262 yards of of, of offense together in the, midway through the, the second quarter, and he said, "Oh, these two are going to get me 30." And we're like, "What? Did I got to get you 30?" They got him 45. So I'm well, sitting there now I'm listen, like, we got
0: to talk about the reports because it's looking like at Buffalo, a gentleman by the name of Colin Kaepernick might get his first start. There's also rumors that some of the guys in the locker room want Christian Ponder. If you're picking oh <laughs> between God. Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, same draft, right? Both mistakes and Colin Kaepernick. Oh uh, my goodness, my sugar, you got a, you got a, a two Tylenol and a Motrin on your hands. And I gotta tell you, without a doubt, Colin's got the most wins. He's got a winning percentage, and he can, you know, they're all athletic in a way, but he's much faster. And I just think it's time to give Colin a chance. You know, everybody was worried about his weight and his health. You know, maybe it's starting to, you know, play itself out a little bit with practice and being healthy and and time to rest and with the team. And I think the Niners have to make a change because I keep telling you they're going to lose that locker room. No quarterback can really help because they don't have enough talent, except for Jeremy Curley, who's balling out, and Carlos Hyde. And I'm upset I didn't pick up Jeremy Curley in fantasy. But, Ray, Niners fans, and you lost your your guy. You lost Navarro Bowman, so the defense is, is going to be suspect. And away we go. You know, week, week five. Blow
1: it up. That that You just got to blow it up. You got to rebuild. Uh, if, well, tell you it know, your they're guy in the – And yeah. get him the offense that he needs because – this team is terrible. This San Francisco Forty ers team. There's really nothing to look forward to. I mean, I guess you look forward to Carlos Hyde having a good year, but other than that, this team is just awful. Anyway, we got a and cool you know what? Maybe we we'll
0: talk yeah, some NFL. I'll definitely. I think there's our guest. Well, let's see.
1: Hello, Cole. You're on the air with Ray and Tay.
2: Hey, guys. Is How Daniel are you? Is it- I'm I'm doing well. Hey, Daniel. You?
1: All right. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. Is it time to hey, talk some Vikings?
2: I'm, I'm ready to talk some Vikings. Let's talk some Vikings. Can we get, what, All right, what's the chance, Daniel? From? Can you give us the chance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Give us the Viking chant.
2: Oh, give us so. the Viking
1: chant. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: you, you want the horn. Yeah, the oh, horn. Oh, I want we, the, I know, the I horn. Gold chant up here now. It's, it's uh, a soul that's chant. so
0: awesome. Can I tell you, I guess the the, the first thing that I'd, I'd have to ask you, and this is Tay, Eric Taylor, Daniel, and just thank you so much for joining us. Right now, when you look at the Broncos, the Patriots, the Steelers, all the other sort of top teams in anybody's Power 5 rankings, the one thing that the Vikings, your Vikings have, that none of them have is – a defense that is scoring so much points and turning it over. Can you tell us what do you think is the key to that defense and what Zimmer has been doing there, even with losing Bridgewater, Peterson, Sharif Floyd? What, what's Zimmer doing and, and, and who are your, your biggest standouts in that defense in, in
2: Minnesota? Well, I think it's not only a credit to Mike Zimmer but Rick Spielman for the amount of talent that he's he's brought to this roster. You just you know look at it at the surface. You've got players like Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Xavier Rhodes, uh, mm-hmm. Daniil Hunter. Look at that, a gem in the draft that you that was so raw, but yet with some coaching with Andre Patterson, great defensive line coach, Mike Zimmer, a defensive line developed him into a great player, and now he's a rotational pass rusher. You just look at the sheer depth on this defense. I mean, you've got, you've got Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, Brian Robinson rotating on the edge. You can kick Robinson inside. You've got Tom Johnson, who is very underrated, and you have Linval Joseph, who, my goodness, he's just dominating he's the game on Monday night. <laughs> he, he, he took he's over that Giants game. He's a great player. And then Xavier Rhodes had his best game as a pro on Monday night. It was it was an elite level performance from Xavier Rhodes. Just an absolute, it showed that he can stand toe-to-toe with some of the best in the league. So, And, and the Vikings have a good secondary. I mean, you've got Harrison Smith in the back end, the best safety in the league. Uh, Anderson dehoe has been playing a lot better this year. Still takes his occasional poor angles once in a while, but <laughs> he's a lot better, and then th- then you've got Trey Wayne's who's just growing. I mean, Mike Zimmer is a defensive back whisperer. I mean, he he knows how to coach defensive talent, and and it's specifically in the secondary. I mean, Trey Wayne's. You've got Mac Alexander who hasn't even saw any time, and don't forget about Terrence Newman. I mean, the guy is the guy's an the old savvy man. veteran. He can the still get it done. Wonder, right? Yeah, I mean he he's. Hanging step for step with wide receivers still in the NFL, and it, I mean he's just such a such a smart, methodical player. He just he knows the system really well, and he's comfortable in it. and And it's pretty obvious. So, I mean, not even not even just the talent, but Mike Zimmer's done just a great job of his defensive mind. All these stunts that they're running, disguises, you know, sugar in the double A gaps, and just bringing a lot of pressure in different ways. And I mean, you look at the first few weeks here. <laughs> Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, all elite. You know, I wouldn't put Eli Manning in the elite category, but I'm talking <laughs> Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Super Bowl-winning yeah. quarterbacks aside from Cam. I mean, we're talking guys that have gotten it done in the league before, and Mike Zimmer's done a good job scheming for them. I'm excited to see how it kind of works out this week, how they kind of scheme for Houston because they're, they're a sneaky ball club.
1: Yeah, and and you got to think that uh... – DeAndre Hopkins has got something to
2: prove because he basically prove, got yeah. shut
1: down last week. Hey, so Daniel, let me ask you this: This is uh, this is Ray, tall Rayside side uh, from Ray and Tay. So, quick question for you: As our guy in Minnesota, tell us about the intangibles that we can't see on TV, that we can't read through the papers. Tell us about what folks are thinking. A about the stadium, that beautiful billion-dollar stadium that you guys have now and B, you know, the ups and downs, like you said, Spielman probably, you know, right now is GM of the year, and Zimmer is probably coach of the year, but the ups and downs, losing Peterson, and, well, first losing, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, uh, then uh, losing Peterson, then the Bradford trade, giving up a lot. So tell us about, you know, kind of what the fans are talking about in Minnesota, what it's like to be at the stadium, what's – kind of the feeling around the Vikings this year obviously everybody's happy but but tell us about first month of the season first quarter of the football season what's uh you know what's kind of the inside scoop there
2: well I would say that the hype for the Vikings is the highest it's been in a very long time probably since 2009 I think the hype might even be a little higher than it was in 2009 just because this defense is just absolutely unreal I mean you don't you don't turn the TV on and go all right, as a fan, you know, a fan, a Minnesota Viking fan, you're not going, oh, how are we going to give up 40 points this game? Like, it's just not going to happen. You, you turn on the TV and you're, you're expecting under 20 points every game. And if they give up 20 points, you're like, what's going on? So, I mean, the hype's pretty real. I think people like the brand of football that Mike Zimmer has brought to Minnesota. They like the coach he is. And they like the way the players just respond to his system. I mean, it's just smart, physical. And you know, disciplined players. I mean, it's just it's it's fun to watch just how much they've grown since Mike Zimmer's come. I mean, people don't realize. I mean, Leslie Frazier was here in in 2013, and this defense was awful. It was one of the worst in the league in every facet. I mean, it's it's refreshing to see that. And and in regards to adversity, I mean, Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in the league handling adversity. I mean, not only on the field but in his life. I mean, the guy lost his wife yeah. unexpectedly, and he, he coped with that and rallied his family around, and, and that, that was a tough situation for him. He waited all his life to get a head coaching job, and now, you know, a guy goes down, it's next man up, and that's because, again, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer have built that roster to the point where somebody goes down, you fill in. I mean, next these guys all know the system. I mean, they, that's the thing. Every guy on that team, Mike Zimmer has a philosophy where every guy on that team knows each other's philosophy. You know, they know what every guy on the field is doing. If you're a defensive back, you know what the defensive lineman's doing. If you're a linebacker, you know what that cornerback's thinking. I mean, everybody. You know, his meetings are real are real like engaging. He likes to keep his guys involved and he wants them to understand what they're doing and what others around him are doing. And you can see, this is the best team chemistry the Vikings have had in a very long time. They have a good mix of players and you know, Teddy Bridgewater going down. I mean, everyone thought that was going to be a devastating blow. I mean, that. Teddy Bridgewater was on pace to have an amazing season because the, the chemistry was there. Every, all the pieces were around him. And then you trade for Sam Bradford. A lot of people thought it was too much to give up, but what do you do? You know, you got scraps in the market. You gotta, you gotta get something. So, and he's performed well. So, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see how it's changed. Have you been to the new stadium? Yeah, I've been, I've been to the new stadium. I've been to the first few games and it's, it's amazing. Everything about it is, I mean, it's a total fantasy. Oh, it looks from
0: on television. It looks insane. Those glass doors. Wow, <laughs> just yeah. The, night
2: games no, are I,
0: amazing.
2: You you can oh, look out yeah, to the, the purple glass, everywhere. Look out to the skyline. What
0: was that? So let me, let me ask you this, Daniel. Um, we have a lot of listeners who love fantasy football, and being um, you know a, a fan of the Vikings and 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 having people that call in, and we have fans from all over. I want to find out, because it seems like McKinnon and Asiata are bouncing back and forth with either who's going to start, who's getting goal line carries, who's sort of the main guy, and then now finally, because poor Ray had drafted Kyle Rudolph for multiple years and it never happened, And (laughs) and then now Kyle Rudolph is a top five tight end in the NFL, but for those who wanted to take a rookie like Laquan Treadwell, what's happened to him? I mean, obviously, the, you know, you see a little bit of Charles Johnson, the new young kid, Adam uh, Thiessen, My guy, Stephon Biggs, is going crazy. Yo, Terps, I went to Maryland, so, you know, I'm happy about him. But just give us a little insight with the receivers, obviously Rudolph and the running backs. What's, what's, what's to look forward to? And when will we see Treadwell?
2: Uh, Jarek McKinnon is pretty, a pretty fantastic player. I mean, his, his athletic yeah. ability is second to none. I mean, the guy needs to see a lot of time. I mean, he, he's – the Vikings offense is so much better when, when you can run out of the shotgun and utilize his skill set. I mean, he, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Matt Asiata, a guy that is just an absolute goal line vulture. I mean, he gets all those yards after contact, and he just creates so much yardage himself. So, I mean, from a split standpoint – you know, I'd say it's kind of like a a 60/40 split, you know, with McKinnon and Asiata. It's been a little bit more towards McKinnon this year than it was when Adrian Peterson was out a couple years ago. Um, right. I don't know where that's going to go from here. I think we're going to see a little bit more of McKinnon this year just because, you know, they they want to utilize that skill set he's developed even more. I mean, he didn't really play the running back position in college. I mean, he was he was a quarterback, kind of a hybrid player. Right. And now he's getting used to the skill set. So, yeah, I, I fantasy it's tough. You know, you you got to roll with one <laughs> of the two and hope hope that one of them performs that day and is involved. And with the wide receivers, I would say Laquan Treadwell is just kind of kind of behind. You know, Mike Zimmer has a high expectations for his players. He, he is good. Does he not know the playbook feels, though? Is it is it a lack no, of knowledge no, of the I playbook? I don't think it's that. I, I think he's smart and he puts in the, the the time to be great. I just think the expectation level is high. I mean, this, this wide receiver room is pretty good. You have Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen's playing amazing um, and, and you got Cordero Patterson who's getting involved and, and doing a lot of good things as well. So they're not going to rush their players. Look at Trey Wayne's. They didn't rush him into, into the starting role. They want their players to, to get developed and, you know, his work ethic's crazy. I mean, I spent I spent two 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 and a half weeks with the Vikings. Laquan Treadwell's out there on the jugs machine 45 minutes after practice. Just standing on his back, catching balls, catching balls wow. from behind his back, working on his he, hands. The he guy's could be work really great.
0: I think he's going to be great. I mean, he
1: was a stud in the SEC, and, you know, there's a reason why everybody was, was uh, you know, all over him, size, speed, you know, all the intangibles. So it's just a matter of time. And you know what? To some degree, we're a little bit spoiled because he's still a rookie. I mean, you know, he's still a rookie with a quarterback that he hasn't even really gotten to know. He's just been there a month, Bradford. So – give the guy time. I, th- I think he's going to be star. I think he's going to be special. I mean, the, the, the Will Fullers of the world who come out on the scene and, and, and just boom, you know, from jump, are, are great, are are few and far between. I think that, uh, you know, let's, let's just give this kid some time.
2: Yeah, you got to give him time. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, Laquan gets picked in the top 10. He's playing immediately, but maybe he's not as effective. You know, they're, they're going to take their time they're going to develop him into the wide receiver that the best wide receiver he can be. Look at Stefan Diggs last year. Stefan Diggs didn't play until the Denver game last year. I mean, it was like six weeks in. They're not going to unleash right. Treadwell until he's ready. And and when he does, I think it's, it's going to be really, really good. The big thing has been with him is drops, concentration drops. In the preseason, that was kind of a theme, and it was a theme on his college tape too, so – kinda of curious to see if, if he can fix some of that and practicing well. That's the key. You gotta practice well to play with Nimmer. And I think that's that's kinda of been the rumor going around. So
1: Yeah. So Daniel, let me ask you this about the NFC. So you guys are you guys, the Minnesota Vikings four and The only four and team in the NFC. Obviously Philadelphia's three and O, but I have my questions as to how good they actually are and, and Carson Wentz will see you know, what it proves out. So talk to me about the NFC North looks like Chicago and Detroit might be on some, might be off to some, uh, you know, uh, bad year, bad year this year. But obviously the Packers, right? They're they're not going anywhere. And even though they're they're two and one, you got to figure that that they're your they're your obstacle to winning the division and potentially getting you know home playoffs throughout throughout the NFC you know, throughout the NFC playoffs, right? Home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. So tell me about the mindset of the Vikings and what it's like also playing from ahead, right? The Vikings for years have been looking up at the Packers as kind of the ever since Aaron Rodgers kind of took over for, uh, for Favre as being kind of the class of the division. You guys won the division, but still in most people's mind it was, you know, the Vikings were always looking up at the Packers. But now – could argue Packers are looking up at you guys. So can this team play from ahead? Is the Zimmer the right guy to kind of guide them through a deep run into the playoffs?
2: Oh, I think Mike Zimmer is, is the best coach in the division by a landslide. I think you look at the other coaches in the division, Detroit and Chicago, they're not getting it done. I think Mike McCarthy over the last couple of years has been kind of frankly overrated. I yeah, mean, in the playoffs.
1: They he said that, a said couple
2: that weeks too, yeah. The show. yeah, yeah, yeah. His play calling has gotten real conservative in some big games, and he's made some poor decisions. So the Vikings aren't going to get out coached anymore. That's been the difference. That's why the Vikings have been, you know, always not at the top, looking down at everybody else, because they've always been out coached. It seems like, and they just haven't had that guy that can get his players focused. I mean. Just look at how the Vikings have handled this adversity that they've been dealt. Well, let's give some credit to North Turner, too,
0: the quarterback whisperer. uh, You know, North Turner is a big help, too.
2: Yeah, he is. I mean, he's he's really done a better job of using his personnel. I I really wasn't pleased with the way he was using the the package of personnel to start here. But uh, last week was the best game he has called in his time in Minnesota. I mean and getting Bradford ready to go, I think that's a that's a credit for, to Scott Turner. He's a great quarterback's coach. He spent a lot of time with Bradford. And kudos to Bradford for his work ethic. I mean the guy hasn't hardly left Winter Park. I mean he's working to get that playbook down. He wants he wants to win. This is his opportunity. He's never had the coaching staff and a group of players surrounding him like he does in Minnesota and a fan base that's fired up. I mean that this fan base is, it, it's ready to go. They, they want, they want to bring a championship to Minnesota and they know they have the players, the defense and the coaching staff to do it. And, you know, they, they aren't looking, they aren't looking, uh, looking up at the Packers. Now I think the Vikings are kind of looking down on them and they're a serious threat just because of their defense. Their defense is a lot better than green Bay.
0: So could we see Adrian Peterson maybe for the playoffs or has Adrian Peterson sadly played his last game in Minnesota?
2: I think Adrian will be back. I mean, look look at the okay. type of athlete he is. I mean, he he recovered from an ACL at a rapid rate. I mean, it, he had a meniscus tear. It sounds like he's doing pretty well from what I've heard. Yeah. Um. You know, it was a little they bit skeptical about. That's if, what I mean. Is that part of the puzzle? Do they also want him back? Uh, you know, I, I think they would want him back this season if they could. Next year he won't be back at, you know, the cap hit, at the $18 price. million yeah. cap hit. I mean, that's, there's that's no that's way the he's coming question. back at that hit. I mean, if he if he is willing to restructure his deal, absolutely. I mean, he he would be back here, I think. But, you know, honestly, our offense runs better without Adrian right now because your ability they to rely use the yeah. skill set, your ability to use your wide receivers and and incorporate Kyle Rudolph into the scheme. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. You know, you don't rely on a running back anymore. You can distribute the ball around. Look at, look at Monday night, nine different receivers caught passes. Rudolph was, you know, the dominant tight end that you have people have been waiting to see. Uh, It's just Adrian, is a great running back, but, you know, not at $18 million at his age. You know, he's at that age mark, too, where that's why I think if he comes back the last month, he's going to have to prove that he can play at, at an elite level, and if he does, then he might get some money from another team, or the Vikings might be willing to pay him a little bit more than, you know, they aren't going to pay him $18 million, but they might be able to have less of a low restructure.
1: Fair enough. Hey, Daniel, I don't know how old you are, but – we need to talk. We need to go back in the time machine. I'm not talking about to the Purple People Leaders, but the <laughs> 1998 Minnesota Vikings, and both Tay and I were Gary Anderson huge. miss. Oh, the yeah. Gary Anderson miss. But and we had Randall on the show. Uh, Randall Cunningham, friend to the show, was on our show. Uh, we talked a little bit about his his career, but but talk to me about. That team, 15-1, everybody, including us, penciled them into the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's one of those teams where you, you typically say defense wins championship, but you said to yourself, well, this offense is so good uh, that they, uh, they maybe be, are able to, to, to overcome that. Gary Anderson doesn't miss all year. Mrs. And ironically, they
0: might face the Broncos with the way Broncos are looking. It could be uh, the Super Bowl that never happened. That never
1: was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so so I don't know if you if you uh, were were kind of – I'm sure you were a Minnesota Vikings fan your whole life. But tell us about that. Do you remember anything about that? Do you remember, you know, what's going on? Are people, t- you know, sniffing that type of season out? You know, are people excited kind of bringing up 1998, or is it too early for that?
2: Well, I don't Obviously, think a lot a of Vikings fans <laughs> – I don't think a lot of Viking fans bring up nineteen ninety eight That's one of the most gut punching losses in viking history i mean it it doesn't get any worse than that so I mean back in nineteen ninety eight you look at that offensive firepower I mean Randy Moss made you stand up every time he touched the ball. an absolute electrifying player i mean you look at you Robert look at the Smith. way.
1: A guy that Robert never got the credit for being a special, special running back. Probably retired three, four years earlier than what his body had left to give.
2: Credit to Denny Green for, for adding Robert Smith to the roster. I mean, that was – he was he was yeah. an under-the-radar player. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible how Chris that roster
0: yeah, – no, Chris it was Carter, Randy
2: fun. Moss, Robert Smith. I mean, you just look at that. If they would have had a defense – even somewhat of a a defense of some semblance, they would have been unbelievable. They would have been one of the best teams to ever play in the the NFL with, with a solid defense.
1: Yeah. They gave up 30, I think in that championship game to Atlanta. uh, So that,
0: that uh, uh, Atlanta didn't deserve to be in that Super Bowl. They were horrible. So Daniel, listen, this has been fun and we'd love to have you back on as the season goes on before we let you go you got to give us the score. The Vikings are favored, what, like six and a half points at home against the Texans. What do you think happens in this game? And uh, give us a score.
2: Well, I'll have a full preview up uh, tomorrow on the Vikings-Texans game, but I'm, I'll give you my early thoughts. I think it will be a very okay. tough game. Coming off a short week, you got Bill O'Brien uh, calling the plays now. A lot of weapons that can distribute the ball all over. Uh, Vikings defense is just really good uh, at home. This team is not going to lose at home this year. The, 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 the advantage they have with the fan base and the loud noise and just the way they oh, play at home, I, hear, I just don't yeah. see them losing, losing a home game all season. Their defense is, is meshing. They, you know, The thing is, is they win this game, they're 5-0 and heading into the bye week, and then they go to Philly. So I think it'll be a close game. I think closer than most people think, probably a three-point game. I think probably mm-hmm. win 28-24. to 24.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. It should be a lot of fun. All right, Daniel, and then this you hit has the bye, great. And then you hit an, an
1: overrated Eagles team. So <laughs> look good <laughs> if you're a Vikings
0: fan.
2: Maybe, maybe well, not hey, overrated. coming out of the bye? Hey. <laughs> coming out of the bye, Mike Zimmer scheming for Carson Wentz. That'll be a fun one.
0: Oh, definitely. Hey, Daniel, tell our audience how people can follow you and follow Vikings Corner.
2: Uh, you can follow me at Vikings Corner. You can check it out on the web, mnvikingscorner.com. You can follow my personal account at Daniel House NFL. I cover the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Golden Gophers.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. And uh, Thanks, maybe Daniel. next time great. we'll, We'd love we'll to have talk a little again. Big Ten football. <laughs> Definitely talk to Big Ten football as well. Have a great one, and and go Vikings. And uh, Yeah, it should be a lot of fun at that stadium. If you pass Stefan Diggs, give him a a big Yo Terps for me. (laughs) I'll
2: give you the Yo Terps. I'll give him the Yo Terps for you. Uh, All right.
0: Thank you. Have a good evening.
2: Thanks for being on the show. See you
0: later. Great job. Bye-bye. Thanks. That was awesome. Daniel House of Vikings Corner. Great read for any Vikings fan, NFL fan on Twitter. Awesome. A lot of knowledge. Ray, let's get to these picks. And you know what? Not so many great games. Let's start with this game. Um, I kind of agree with him about the Vikings, but for some reason, I I actually think they're going to cover the spread. So I have the Vikings winning this game 27-20 and cover the 6.5. And And I'm looking for – McKinnon and Asiata to be uh, sort of the little fantasy studs. What do you think? Yeah, I think
1: it'll be close. I think I think uh, the Vikings will win, but I think it'll be a close game. I'll say 24-23. I think the Texans are fired up. DeAndre Hopkins wants to prove that he's still elite. Um, One bad game doesn't make a season. So uh, I think the Vikings win, but just barely.
0: The Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers are favored by seven and a half. This is rough for me, my two favorite teams, but my favorite team is the Steelers. Um, I want to say the Jets will cover this one, and it won't be, you know, such a big blowout, but I just don't trust Fitzpatrick not having Decker, and I think the Steelers have been playing a little bit better Better. Um, unfortunately, I'm you know not too sure about Forte. He's been having some injury issues, and I think the Steelers are just getting healthier and healthier. So I think actually this one gets a little out of hand, and the Steelers win 30-20 to 20 over the Jets.
1: This is the beginning of the end for the Jets for this season. I think they're pretty much done. Their heart's been ripped out. Lo- they'll lose this game, go 1-4, and then it'll start to be desperation time, and then you'll even hear talks about Geno Smith. So the Jets, they just don't have enough firepower to deal with your newly rejuvenated (laughs) Le'Veon Bell-led Pittsburgh Steelers. So I agree. I'm I'm looking for a blowout. I think they put up 33, the Steelers. So I'll go with 33-20 Steelers.
0: Oof. And we have the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the three and one Falcons at the four and and0 Denver Broncos. Broncos favored by six and a half. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is number one in fantasy. Number one in Falcons. You know, probably jerseys right now. Him and Julio are doing it up. I don't think this offense is going to be so electric against this Broncos defense, the front seven and the secondary. And I think the difference is Tevin Coleman might not be able to play the whole game or at all because he's got the sickle cell trait. Now, I don't know what doctors are advising, but you remember my boy Ryan Clark almost wound up dying after playing in Denver. So I don't know if it's smart for Coleman to even go for it, you know, but let's see what happens. But I think even if he does play, he's not going to be used the way he normally would be. I think they'll key on Devontae Freeman. And whether it's Simeon or Paxton Lynch, I think this one gets a little bit lower scoring. So I'm going to say they, they cover the spread and pull it out. A defensive touchdown. Matt Ryan's going to get picked. 27-20 Broncos.
1: I agree. I think it's even going to be lower scoring than that because the Broncos <laughs> – in the end can't really score, and the Falcons <laughs> can, but this Bronco team might be the best defense. So I think it's a low-scoring, close game. Broncos win. Don't cover, though, so I think the Broncos win 20-17. to 17.
0: Mm, Good call. The Bengals. Don't look like Tyler Eifert's going to be there, Ray. Another different injury, and, you know, big this game is for them. weird.
1: If you if your yeah, Steelers keep game. winning...
0: And the Ravens aren't going
1: anywhere.
0: No, and the Ravens possibly could beat the Redskins at home. So Bengals are favored by only a half a point. Um, This one's weird, but the Cowboys are too banged up as well. And not having Lael Collins and I don't know if Smith's going to go. Still no Dez. I'm going to take the Bengals in a close one. And I say they win this one um, 26-23 in Jerry's world, which is not a great home field advantage for the Cowboys.
1: Dak Prescott is the man. I love him. I love his poise. But you know what? This front four and the front seven for the (laughs) Bengals is going to be too much. I think that –
0: And Von (laughs) Von
1: Vontaze. The rookie is going to show that he's a rookie because he's going to have to play from behind, and Andy Dalton can still put up numbers. He doesn't have all of his weapons, and, and I think Hill is going to play, but he's banged up a little bit. Gio Bernard might make a couple plays. You know A.J. Green is A.J. Green. Uh, look, if Tyler Eifert were in the game, they'd be a, a four- or five-point favorite, but I still think they win. I still think they cover. Bengals are tough, even though you look at their 2-2 two and two record, they're they're a really they're still an elite team i think so they go into jerry's world like you said not a great home field advantage i think they win pretty easily i'll say twenty eight seventeen.
0: 17 now another good one on sunday night football right you have the new york football giants at the green bay packers who we were just talking about with daniel house um this is a high spread seven and a half points uh, honestly, I think that all the Odell hype, the McAdoo eli, this that, and you know emotions it all gets fixed if you get the the guy the ball early and often, and he Sean Johnson controls, get me the damn ball <laughs> basically, but I think the bigger issue is one not throwing a player under the bus in the media and also. Eli's not playing that great. I mean, let's also just be honest. And and I think, you know, even if they're kind of, you know, bring the safety over and, and double covering Odell, you have to put them in motion, do some screens. You know, other teams do this to get their guys the ball. And this game is going to be fascinating because I think both teams offensively are still trying to find themselves. The Packers have got to get it to Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. They need a performance from Eddie Lacy. <clears throat> so this is – um. A very weird game for me. And I think the Packers are going to win it. I do think the Giants might cover, maybe by default, but they will cover. And I'll say the Packers win this one, 27-21. And the Giants are going to just, you know, the media is going to be ripping and chomping. But I think Odell does get a touchdown. And I think Randall Cobb gets a touchdown. So, But the Packers win. They, they got a little bit more offense. Giants defense, not that good. And no real running game, right?
1: Well, that's I think that's the problem. I think the way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to play a great zone defense because his receivers can't get free. Uh, Jordy's not 100%, and the other two have proven that they can't really, they don't have great separation. And to control time of possession, you do that with the running game. Giants don't have a great running game. They've been banged up since, uh, you know, Last couple years in terms of trying to find that runner, and you know I'm not a huge Rashad Jennings fan to begin with, uh, but Packers are home. Packers have been playing like our like Daniel House said, pretty conservatively on offense. I think they open it up a little bit against the, these Giants. I do think Odell from a fantasy perspective will be fine. So don't don't go sitting Odell Beckham. You can't sit Odell Beckham. Oh there. yeah, no, know, number two yeah, number fine. three overall pick. <laughs> It would be all right. Don't worry about that. But I think Aaron Rodgers, with his methodical game, matriculates the ball down the field, and they put up a fair amount. I think they'll put up – it's a high over-under, too. I think it's 48. Uh, I think the Packers put up 30, and the Giants maybe 24. So I'm even going above the over-under.
0: Okay. I like when you give us some over-unders. How about that, you know? Now, just a quick update. It's a final 6 nothing. The Indians are up 2-0 over the Red Sox. And I think it's, what, the top of the seventh, 4-3. Dodgers leading the Nats still. So it's uh, fascinating how it's coming down to the wire. Uh, That's going to be a good one. You might even get extra innings with the Dodgers and Nats. But how about those Indians and Blue Jays? Oof, this is fascinating, the American League. But we got some college football, Ray. This is going to be a pretty good week. You've got number one, sweet home Alabama going up against, and you know I've been talking about him all season, number 16, Arkansas Razorbacks with my man, Austin Allen. Woo! Not Steve Austin, but Austin Allen. Um, Not
1: Harry Allen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you know, I, you notice I let Daniel slide with that comment about uh, Harrison Smith being the best safety because you know uh, you, there's some other gentlemen in the NFL, Matthew and Earl Thomas and Cam, and they might have yeah, something yeah. to say about that. But but he's he's in the running for that. I, I would say he's definitely legit in the running. So being in the running, I think rookie of the year could this this kid Jalen Hurts for Alabama is, is in the running for being you know very talented. Look, Bama's on a tough stretch, right? It's this game, then Tennessee, then A&M, and you know, they, they've got a rough road coming up, but I think Hurts and Allen and, and, and getting it to Ridley on the outside, their defense and their offensive line travel, and I think their defense will play a good enough game. They're going to pull away, but Austin Allen will make a, a late run to make it kind of look close. I'm going to go 36-30, roll Tide, roll tide. You know, <laughs> you love the tide.
1: I do. It might take the perfect storm to beat the tide, and Hurricane Matthew notwithstanding. And I hope everybody's safe out there. And I hope all the people that were yeah. told to evacuate evacuated, and, and, and there's not a lot of damage. Uh, well.
0: Oh, we send our prayers to everybody in Cuba, Haiti, Bahamas, all of Florida, the whole southeast. This is going to be a rough weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, Clemson's up 21-3, so it looks like Clemson's going to hold down their position as as number three in the nation. But number one in your program, number one in your heart, number one on the field is the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't think that the Arizona Razorbacks have enough, even with your boy, Allen, not Harry Allen, Austin Allen. Arkansas. Yeah, man, Arkansas. They, no, they, they just don't have enough. I think Alabama just rolled high, rolls on them. Hurts and Harris and Ridley, too much posse. I think they win pretty easily. They show everybody that Arkansas is good but just not good enough. So I'm I'm going to say Alabama puts it on them 30-17. to 17.
0: Oof, that's 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 pretty tough. Well, we also have another huge SEC matchup, which this might be three thirty. This might be must see TV, because you're talking about number nine Tennessee going to number eight. while you acting all Aggie, Texas A and M? Ray, this is. And oh, by the by, the way, the LSU Florida game is uh, canceled. I, I don't know why they wouldn't just put it to Sunday. That's kind of weird, right? Because another college team, the South Carolina games, will move to Sunday. But I don't know when they're going to replay that. But when you're looking at Tennessee and 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 Texas A&M, you know I've been talking about Trevor Knight, just like I've been talking about Austin Allen. But I, even though they, they, they're they coming from behind all the time, and some people say they can't keep doing this, I think you've got a stud. The developing and a future star in, in, in the kid the cops. Um, I think he is, I'm, Dobbs, I'm sorry, but I think he's the real deal. I think he's very composed, you know, he's had the early interceptions, you know, he's got six in the season, but now he's pulling it together. He's got 13 TDs, And I think the way Hurd has been playing, um, I'm, I'm really feeling this kid Malone. He's already got six touchdowns, the receiver on the outside is a stud, and I just like I like both coaches. But I think Tennessee, on the road, they're going to pull it out. I think in a shootout, you're going to see Tennessee win this one 34-31. Wow. The valve.
1: I can't see this happening in College Station. Oh, yeah. I can't see it. I can't see it. Josh Dobbs yeah. has pulled a couple Joshua. of rabbits out of his hat. And yeah, he's been able to keep Tennessee in games that they probably should have lost. Tennessee is a, I don't want to say a weak 5-0, and oh, but they have some chinks in the armor. And they haven't played consistently well. And I don't think you can go into College Station and beat your boy Trevor Knight, the Oklahoma transfer, on the road. Now, granted, A&M, they've also been up and down, but I don't think that their lows have been as low as Tennessee. So so Tennessee has played some bad football this year already. I just feel that there's a tough, tough road game in the SEC, and those are hard to win. I think the Aggies put up too much. Tennessee maybe Dobbs, who is prone to interceptions, throws a couple. And I just think, also in the shootout, Tennessee... Just, just falls a little bit short. So A&M wins, I'm going to say, 31-26.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, we've got number 25, and they barely scooted in there. I, mean, I don't know if that's legit. Virginia Tech against number 17, North Kakalaki, our Tar Heels. Um, Trubisky, uh, Elijah Hood is legit. I I don't think Virginia Tech is really ready for this game. Now I think you know they've obviously you know moved on, new coach, new staff, got you know McMillan at quarterback. They, their defense is is improving, but North Carolina they they beat Florida State. It wasn't a fluke. This is a really good North Carolina team, and I think at the end of the day, Elijah Hood is gonna is gonna have a go from four touchdowns to six touchdowns and have a a nice little uh, weekend here. I got North Carolina how about 28-21 over Virginia Tech.
1: I agree. I think that uh, also North Carolina folks are going to rally because obviously the hurricane is hitting the whole southeast and and making landfall in in South Carolina. And That South Carolina-Georgia game got postponed, so Hang in there, folks. Yeah, uh, but Sunday. I just think a kid that's underrated is this Jared Evans kid from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. He's efficient oh, with yeah. the ball. He's not, you know, your big arm quarterback is putting up four, five thousand yards. But he, he's he's a leader, and you know, just watch out for him. But you're right, though. I think that Trubisky, Hood, too <clears> much <throat> offense, too much firepower. The games in Chapel Hill, so. I look for North Carolina to win fairly easily. I think they'll win, I'll say,
0: 28-20. Now what's fascinating is that we've got the U back in the limelight. ABC, Saturday All Night Football. South of number, U. Number 10. This used to be one of those games when we were growing up that you never missed, and it was closer to the end of the season. But number 23, Florida State. Jimbo Fisher has been struggling. Um, He has not lost like this since he's been there. And this might be a situation where we say goodbye to Florida State in their season and goodbye to the top 25. Not so much Francois' fault. Uh, He's only got two INTs. The kids played, you know, pretty efficiently. I mean, he's got talent. I just – I don't know what's missing. You know, Delvin Cooks, you know, started to pick up a little. He struggled a couple games, but now he's already got over 600 yards and he's got seven touchdowns. But Miami, the quarterback is good. You know, I don't I can't mess up this kid's name. K.K. or whatever. I don't know how you – Kaya. You know, yeah, he, Brad Kaya.
1: Whatever,
0: yeah, however you say his name you better respect his game. That guy is no joke, Ray. I mean, he's almost got 1,000 yards. He, you know, doesn't get picked off much, eight touchdowns. But Miami's defense is better. And, listen, our boy Mark Rigg from Georgia, he's down there. He's coaching his butt off. He's recruited some talent, you know. And and I think Walton at, at the back, he's legit. You know, he runs it, and he can catch a little bit out of the backfield. So, I think this is Miami's game to to just kind of flex a little and say that they're going to be in the conversation for the ACC, which I told you would be the second-best conference in football. they got six teams in the top 25. They're doing it, doing it big. How about 27-23, they pull it out and beat Florida State, the U. I'm all about the U. So
1: Miami on paper is just tremendous offensively, defensively. But here's where I think playing decent competition, not even decent, playing very good competition is going to benefit Florida State. They've played already this season, right? They've played Carolina, who's now back in the top 25. They played Louisville. And they opened the season with a shootout against Ole Miss. So that's 3 top 25 teams that Florida State has played already. Miami's played FAMU, Florida Atlantic, Appalachian and Georgia Tech. So they're putting up great numbers, but they're not doing it against anybody. This is where Florida State, Dalvin Cook and your boy the sophomore. By the way, can we can we can we just give give some props to DeAndre Francois? And by Francois. the way Francois, and their receiver, Jesus, Jesus Wilson, Jesus, they got the all-name squad going on there. And that is all-name uh, squad. Tallahassee <laughs> right there. So, by virtue of having some tough competition, by virtue of being 3-2 and, and and, like you said, falling to five hundred under Jimbo Fisher, this is a team that won the national championship a couple years ago with famous Jameis. So. Yeah. Florida State takes care of business. They go to Miami. They win a close game, but I think ultimately they win I'll say
0: 26-23. Mm. Um, I don't think you see an upset with uh, Oregon and Washington. I think Washington steps up and wins, uh, you know, and, and kind of bursts the Oregon bubble and, and kind of, you know. Oregon puts is huge to their neck. Yeah, no, and I I, I think that um, I think this Washington team is special. I think Houston holds on and beats Navy. Is there any one team? Could Rutgers upset Michigan? Is, is no, there a top negative. team? That, no? Okay. Um, okay, so I, I don't know if there's really going to be any crazy upsets this week. Um, you know, just looking. I mean, Indiana's going to play Ohio State tough, but they can't win that one.
1: So I'll tell you gonna that's be, interesting is Texas-Oklahoma.
0: Only because yeah, well the Red River Rivalry, yes, need yeah. it. You know they need it really they badly. They I think I mean, Oklahoma, was... though, Ray, too much offense. Baker, Baker, P. Ryan, and Mixon. It's going to be too much for Texas. That's my only problem with that one.
1: Yeah, and how embarrassing! Not embarrassing, but how frustrating for Charlie Strong, a defensive guy who now is just has this terrible defense. They've just been running all over them, and you know running. And a now point. he's calling the plays. He yeah, he's got the, place, well,
0: but I don't the know same if that's personnel, nothing. but he's calling the place, <laughs> yep. that, You said it. That's the problem. So, great show. Oh, well, Arizona might upset Utah. Utah's okay. 24. Arizona might have something up their sleeve for them, but it should be a great sports weekend. Enjoy the football games. Everybody stay safe. You know, if you still got to evacuate, please evacuate. And um, enjoy some baseball. It's the playoffs,
1: right? It's, playoffs? It's
0: Sure Playoff. is.
1: Enjoy the great sports weekend. We'll see you guys on the flip side on Columbus Day on Monday.
0: Gosh, is it already Columbus Day? Oh my yeah. gosh! Ray, it's too it's too fast. Time is flying. I know the kids are off next week. Got a little fall break. So, got to go to the ostrich farm. <laughs> Have some fun. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Hello.